Somehow the Sacramento Kings managed to make a combined 77 point performance from De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis unwatchable. The Kings are punked in Portland by a shorthanded Trailblazers team and we're not just pointing the finger at everybody else. Oh no, we're looking at Fox and Sabonis and their lack of leadership despite the points that they're scoring and we're even taking a look at Kings head coach Mike Brown. It's all right here for you on Locked on Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your per first purchase. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News. And normally I would start this podcast going, hey, Merry Christmas. Hope you had yourself a great Christmas holiday. But forget all that crap. Like, that, that that's in the past. We got to talk about the nonsense that the Sacramento Kings showed tonight in the day after Christmas, their first game after a two-day Christmas break. It was completely unacceptable tonight. Now, after the Kings got beaten down on their home floor by the Boston Celtics as part of the six-game homestand they just wrapped up, I shared with you that, hey, like, honestly, I wasn't too mad about that game. There were a lot of people that were furious about that game, calling it the worst loss of the year for the Sacramento Kings. I wasn't mad then. You're damn right, I'm mad now. I'm furious with what we saw from the Sacramento Kings tonight. So many things that are simply unacceptable, but we're focusing on two guys that, if you're just looking at the box score, your natural reaction might just be like, oh my God, Fox and Sabonis did all that they could. Where was the help? Where was everybody else? And there is an element of truth to that. De'Aaron Fox tonight, 70, or rather Fox and uh, Sabonis tonight combined for 77 points, 30 of 45 from the field. Fox scored 43 points. Sabonis scored 34. The rest of the Kings scored 36 points combined on 15 of 48 shooting from the field. To put that into perspective, the Portland Trail Blazers bench scored 65 points, shot 23 of 44 from the field. Those 65 points were scored by four guys. So the Kings got 77 out of their star duo, basically nothing offensively from anybody else. And yes, the Kings needed help from Murray. The Kings needed help from uh, Barnes, from Herter, from Monk, from literally anybody. On the offensive end, Fox and Sabonis tried to carry the load themselves. But really, to me, the question tonight or the, 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 the headline tonight is not Fox and Sabonis need some more help. To me, the headline tonight is Fox and Sabonis need to help themselves. Look, they were part of the problem on defense. The Kings tonight, atrocious on the defensive end of the floor. Portland averages 108 points per game. That's completely healthy with Shaden Sharp and DeAndre Ayton, who they didn't have tonight. Portland averages 108 points per game. That's second worst in the league. They scored 130 points tonight. They were damn near at their average by the end of the third quarter. Portland 
is second in the last in the league in points in the paint, averaging 42 a game. Tonight was a glorified layup line as the Trailblazers scored 60 points in the paint. And the Trailblazers, they're a young team. They don't mind getting up and running. In fact, they score more points in transition per game than the Sacramento Kings do, which I think should be sending off alarm bells about Mike Brown's new and improved Kings offense. But the, the Blazers still only averaged 13 fast break points per game. That's 18th in the league, right about the middle of the pack. Tonight, they had 18 fast break points. And anytime the Blazers got out in transition, the Sacramento Kings couldn't do a damn thing about it. Or shouldn't say that. I should say the Sacramento Kings wouldn't do a damn thing about it. The effort tonight was unacceptable. Not going and, and playing hard for loose balls, those 50-50 balls. Everything seemed to go the Blazers' way tonight. That's because the Kings were in a position for the ball to go their way in the first place. The Blazers worked harder. harder. They wanted it more. That's why everything appeared to go their way. And then the Sacramento Kings with the good Matador Olay defense letting everybody go by them all night long. It's a problem that we've seen with this Kings team, not just plenty of times this season, not just plenty of times last season, feels like over the course of their entire existence, right? Sacramento has just been poor defensively. We know this about this team. Even a bad defensive team can be held to some sort of standard. And the standard of defense tonight was abysmally poor. Fox and Sabonis were part of that problem. So why am I questioning the leadership of Fox and Sabonis? How much more can I ask from two guys who scored 77 of Sacramento's 113 points? How much more can I ask from them? Well, I can certainly ask for better on the defensive end, but I'm not just asking that of those two. I'm asking that of everybody, right? Here's what I'm asking from De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis. If you are leading by example, which we know is the leadership style definitely of De'Aaron Fox, but I think that's how we can sum up these two guys, right? Sabonis is not afraid to talk. De'Aaron Fox is not afraid to talk. You're never going to see these two guys screaming in the faces of their teammates, and probably that's a good thing. But at some point, and I'm not the only one calling for this, Kings head coach Mike Brown has been bringing this up Time after time after time this season. At some point, the accountability, the fire, the willingness, the, de the, the desire and demand to compete has to come from within. The Sacramento Kings have gotten their ass kicked eight times tonight. And I think I heard Deuce Mason say on postgame, the Kings have gone down by 20 points or more nine different times this season. Y'all, we just passed Christmas. There's so much more of this season to go. When the Kings lose, they're getting worked. When the Kings unravel, they completely fall apart. That is a leadership issue. And sure, I look at Mike Brown. Absolutely, I look at Mike Brown there and I go, okay, like, Mike, you're the leader. You're the head coach of this team. Like, you have to take accountability for this. And he does to some extent. And we're going to talk about Mike more on in the show. But I am not, I am not, looking at this game tonight and going, Fox and Sabonis did what they were supposed to do, and they got no help, because that's not accurate at all. Fox, Sabonis, I don't know who it is. I don't know if it's one of the two of you. I don't know if it's the both of you. During a timeout, during halftime, I'm not in the huddle. I'm not in the locker room. So maybe they're trying to do these things, and their team is just not receptive enough. But everything that I have seen, everything that I have heard, everything that I know about this Kings team from the access that I have, is that this is not, that's not the kind of leader that Fox or Sabonis are. If they were, then Mike Brown wouldn't be suggesting and talking about and hinting at the idea that the Kings need more of that internal leadership. What I needed 
from Fox or Sabonis tonight what the Kings need from somebody, and hopefully it's one of their two stars, is for when the Kings start to unravel, when the Kings start to fall apart like they've done far too many times this season, somebody needs to grab a hold of the leash, reel everybody back in, and get everybody to buy in, to reset, and hold everybody accountable for what is going wrong. Mike Brown last week shared a story in a post-game press conference. I can't remember what game it was after. It might have been the, the most recent game. Mike Brown shared a story that when he was coaching the Cleveland Cavaliers, right, and he had a very young LeBron James on his team, the Cavs early on in the season were getting absolutely destroyed on the defensive end of the floor. He calls a timeout like two-thirds of the way through this game or whatever, and he says, guys, like, what do you want to do? What should we do? We've tried this. We've tried that. Nothing is working. What do you want to do? And Mike said that LeBron steps up and goes, F that. We're going to do what we've been working on all training camp and all season long in practice so far. We're committing to what we've been working on. And then he pointed to different guys and he said, you, 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 do this, do this, do this. Now, before you go, Matt, that's LeBron James. That's not the point. The star of the Cleveland Cavaliers stepped in. The coach stepped out of the way because at some point, even if Mike is the leader of this team, at some point, he can only tell them so many times somebody has to actually step up and do what's being told or do what is being asked of them. LeBron steps up and says, you, you, and you. The star steps up and says, I need this from you. Let's do this. We're committing to what we've been working on. You, 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 let's go. When is De'Aaron Fox or when is DeMontis Sabonis going to do that? And maybe they have, and maybe nobody's receptive to that. And if that's the case, then the Kings have a deeper problem. But I genuinely don't believe that is the case. When is Fox going to figure a speech? He's not actually going to grab a, a, maybe he would, I don't know, but grab a dude by the collar and tell him, look, buy in. This is not who we are. Let's give a damn on the defensive end. Play with effort. Play with hustle. When is somebody going to do that for this Kings team that's not on the coaching staff? And that's not giving the coaching staff a free pass, but they're not the ones on the floor. The Kings players have to be better. The effort. When we're questioning effort more than missed shots, right? Missed shots happen. You can live with that. It's happened too many times for the Kings so far this season, but you can live with missed shots because there are going to be nights like that. But Effort is never something you should ever question for a good team, ever. And yet we've had to question it too many times so far. I look at the leaders, the player leaders on this team and say, y'all got to fix that. Because the coaches on the bench in their track suits, they can't fix that for you. So I appreciate and I admire where or, or what Fox and Sabonis have been able to do as leaders by example. Scoring 77 points between the two of them. Normally, we'd be leading with that and celebrating. Tonight, it's not good enough. For this Kings team who's trying to get where they want to go, it is not good enough. Don't just lead by example. Lead. If accountability is the word that your coaching staff keeps using and is a buzzword that we heard this team talking about day in and day out in training camp, keep that same energy throughout the regular season, especially in one of the eight blowouts that the Sacramento Kings have now suffered.
Today's episode of the Locked On Kings podcast is brought to you by eBay Motors. And our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy basketball host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long when you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week we're going to provide you with players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster so let's see who josh has picked out for us on this week's ebay guaranteed fit fantasy picks of the week dante exum Jaden ivy isaiah hartenstein jalen johnson and tarion prince now let's talk about Jaden ivy unfortunately he is a member of the detroit pistons who now have the nba record for longest losing streak in league history 27 straight losses things are not going well in portland but sometimes when there's opportunity to be had when the when the trailblazers need somebody not named cade cunningham to step up that's a perfect opportunity for Jaden ivy to get some touches to get some points to really put his stamp on things it can't get much worse might as well take over from time to time and remember we're not worried about how the detroit pistons do if we're fantasy owners and general managers we're worried about how Jaden Ivey is doing. Joyce, uh, uh, Josh Lloyd says, Monty Williams has finally given Ivey minutes, and Ivey is starting to deliver. It remains to be seen if Williams keeps the role uh, and uh, that Ivey has consistent, but as of right now, Ivey is growing as a fantasy selection. Josh Lloyd from Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to help you win your fantasy championship, and eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts to choose from for your number one ride or die, you can make sure it's running smooth. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with their eBay guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or you get your money back. And with these prices, you're burning rubber, not burning cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I hinted at this last week on the Locked On Kings podcast, said it was the conversation for another time. And I was hoping that Kevin Herter would have a good enough game for us to even put this conversation on hold or not have to have this conversation at all. But let's do it. We have to have another hard conversation about Kings starting shooting guard Kevin Herter. I was, look, we have been super, no one, no player has been criticized more or held accountable more on Locked On Kings than Harrison Barnes has this season, right? And rightfully so to some extent. But Kevin Herter needs to be held to the same accountability. And I, I know I'm not the only one feeling this way at this point in time. In fact, I've gone softer on Kevin Herter, self-admitted, than a lot of other people have. And I think they're more on the in the right than I have, or I am at this point in time. I was really proud of Kevin and his turnaround. He faced a lot of adversity during preseason, almost losing his job, going back to how much he struggled in the playoffs, worked his way through it. The shot came back, but when he was going through that slump, he was doing a better job defending, doing a better job rebounding, doing other things, making an, a noticeable impact in other areas of the game other than shooting. And that continued as his shot finally came back and he got back to that flamethrower, red velvet shooter that we love so much in Sacramento. Here we are, another slump for Kevin. When he is on and when he is a uh, 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 he's not knocking down shots, he's that constant threat from beyond the arc. He spaces the floor. And on top of that, he's grabbing rebounds and, and playing halfway decent defense. He's close to as perfect of a role-playing starting shooting guard as you can get. And I don't mean that as like, here's a role player playing a starting role. I mean, 
the the responsibility that Kevin has with this team and in this offense with players like Fox and Sabonis and even Keegan Murray is he is supposed to be kind of that perimeter poacher, right? He works his way around the perimeter. He keeps the spacing open. He knocks down shots when he gets those open looks, takes what the defense gives him, sometimes runs the DHO game with DeMontis Sabonis, right? When he is on, Kevin Herter is close to as perfect of a starting shooting guard for this team and this offense as it gets. But unfortunately, we're having too many, not just stretches, but extended stretches where Herter is no longer on, right? And that's really hurting this Kings team. It hurt them in the playoffs, and here it is hurting them now. Tonight, five points, two of eight shooting from the field, one of five from three-point range, two rebounds, two assists in 22 minutes. Let's go through this game log in December. Now, he started the month of December off with a good game. He scored 16 points in the win over the Denver Nuggets in Sacramento. From that point, here are some of the games that he's had in December. One point, six points, three points, four points, seven points, two points, and then, like I said, the five points tonight. On top of that, he has only had two games, rather three games, excuse me, in December. Four if you count the Denver Nuggets game. So let's be fair. Four games in December where he has had four or more rebounds. The rest, one rebound, two rebounds, one rebound. Two rebounds, one rebound, three rebounds. He's shooting the ball 32, rounded up, 33% from three-point range this entire month. He's not giving you the threat from the perimeter that you need. He's not hitting open shots. He's not hitting anywhere on the floor, really. He has a much shorter leash from, leash from Mike Brown because he's not helping on the defensive end of the floor. His rebounds are there sometimes, not there other nights. Kevin Herter is not giving you what you need out of your starting shooting guard position. Now, if we're having an honest conversation about upgrades, the Kings can look to upgrade either Herter or Barnes's position in that starting lineup. And I'm, I'm sure they're going to be keeping their options open, right? Maybe you're saying, Matt, they need to upgrade both. I don't know how much that's possible or achievable at this trade deadline this year. But if we're talking trade value, I think Kevin Herter has more trade value than Harrison Barnes because I know Kevin has a elite or supposedly with his shooting has an elite NBA skill that you can't get enough of in this league. Teams will be interested in Kevin Herter, not just because of his three point shot, but because of how affordable of a contract that he is on. Harrison Barnes tonight, by the way, uh, had a, a pretty rough night, nine points, three of eight shooting from the field, five rebounds, one assist. So Harrison Barnes hasn't been too much better. He's been playing much better in December though, while Kevin Herter has been struggling. So if you're, you're forced to choose between trading both, Kevin might be the guy to give you the most return. Now, Harrison is a wing and Kevin's a two, so maybe that balances itself out because wings are hard to come by in the NBA today. I don't know. My point is, in bringing up trade value of these guys, is that I still don't think that there is a route for the Kings to make the upgrades that I think this team needs to make to legitimately contend at this trade deadline without moving on from the pieces like Fox, Sabonis, or Murray, or even Monk to some extent, that they're not willing to move on from. Just trying to keep real, uh, like expectations realistic, not trying to bum you out. Maybe the Kings do need to upgrade both when it's all said and done. If the Kings are going to actually win a championship, if I'm looking two or three years in the future and I'm saying the Sacramento Kings have won the 2025 or 2026 NBA championship, hooray! And you look at that starting lineup, there's probably a decent chance that Fox, or excuse me, there's probably a decent chance that Barnes and Herter are not on it. Maybe one of the two is, 
Maybe neither of them are. But that feels like the path that we're on right now. Kevin Herter has not been good. He's been a disappointment more often than he's been good for the Sacramento Kings this season. And the Kings really struggle to make up for that Kevin Herter production that they've been lacking. I also want to talk about the new and improved offense for Mike Brown. Now, to some extent, new and improved is more of a catchphrase than it is realistic because Mike has talked about sacrificing things on the offensive end of the floor in order to improve as a defense. He's not afraid to take steps back from the historically best offense we ever seen last year to where the Kings are at now, which is kind of middle of the pack offensively. It's been a pretty steep drop-off. And defensively, they've improved from bottom half of the league to middle of the pack as well, although it sure as hell didn't look like it tonight. So Mike wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel with Sacramento's offense that was historically great last year. But Mike admitted, as did players, that during training camp and during preseason, he was intentionally trying to make this team uncomfortable. He was intentionally taking things away from them that they knew worked offensively so that they would have to adapt and learn and try other things. Well, making the Kings uncomfortable has now turned into chucking threes, right? The Kings' response to being uncomfortable is just putting up three-pointers. Tonight, Sacramento was feasting in the paint. They finished with 62 points in the paint, 31 of 42. They were unstoppable down low, especially DeMontis Sabonis, right? There was no answer with DeAndre Ayton out. The, 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 the uh, Trailblazers could do nothing to stop Sacramento in the paint. And yet, they still took far too many threes. 42 threes as a team. They went 10 of 42 from three-point range. Everybody not named De'Aaron Fox was ice cold. Fox had seven of Sacramento's 10 made threes tonight. Defense was more of the problem. Energy and hustle was more of the problem. But on the offensive end, which is supposed to be your strong suit, if you're not hitting shots, don't keep taking them. I understand most, if, uh, if not everybody, has a green light on this Kings team. Mike is not afraid to let it fly with this group. He knows he has a roster of supposedly great shooters. And we've seen when they're on, oh boy, the Sacramento Kings are fun to watch on offense, right? But they've had far too many nights like this that have directly contributed to blowout losses where they are ice cold from the perimeter except for one or two guys, but everybody keeps on chucking regardless instead of getting to the rim, attacking the basket where Sacramento had a clear advantage tonight and still guys were not taking advantage of it. That to me is concerning too. We're going to talk about Mike Brown. Accountability needs to be taken from Sacramento's head coach, but it's accountability to a certain extent. I'll explain here in just a second. A great place to watch the Kings game tonight would have been Sack Yard Community Tap House, a great local sponsor here of the Locked On Kings podcast. Not only because that's a great place to watch Kings games wherever with all their wonderful beers on tap and local wines for you to try and the great community that's out there of Kings fans every single game night, but they would have had ways for you to distract yourself, maybe turn away from the TV and enjoy good conversation, or if anything, Make, uh, make the, 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 the process of watching tonight's Kings game a little more, uh, a little more easy to stomach with uh, a, a couple of drinks if you catch my meeting, right? Sackyard Community Tap House is an awesome place to go. It's a great uh, uh, family-oriented business, and it's great all year round. Of course, they have their indoor area with plenty of seating and plenty of televisions, uh, but they also have an outdoor patio that has fire pits during the summer. 
uh, rather during the winter to keep yourself warm and misters during the summer when it gets hot they have a lawn out there with lawn games so you can bring your kids and have a good time they even encourage you to bring your pets sackyard community tap house is a wonderful place for community events including more locked on kings uh events that are coming very very soon so keep an eye out for that sackyard community tap house is your official home of the locked on kings listener Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by Game Time. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. Game Time is the place that you need to get your tickets from, whether you're buying Kings tickets, other NBA tickets, NFL tickets, sporting events, uh, concerts, comedy shows, theatrical productions, does not matter. Game Time has it all and they have the best deals for you. In fact, the closer to the event it gets, the better deals that you're going to find. You can buy last-minute tickets with Game Time without the stress. In fact, it's even easier because not only can you do it in two or three taps and have your tickets ready to go, you can get it for significantly less than what other people were paying days, weeks, or months ahead of that actual event. They have zone deals, which uh, means if you pick a section, Game Time will pick the seats and give you a guaranteed savings up to 18%, or rather an average of 18% savings there. Plus, the Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price, meaning if you find tickets in a section or row or seat near you that are the same or, or that are a better price, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On NBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk about Mike Brown really quick because. As much as I can point the finger at Fox and Sabonis and say they need to be better leaders, and as much as I can point the, the finger at the players and say, y'all are the ones that are actually out there playing, playing defense, shooting the basketball, not attacking the rim, whatever, and I'm right in doing so, Mike does not get a free pass for this team consistently making mistakes. And the biggest mistake, the biggest issue for this Kings team, there's a lot of branches to this tree, but the tree, the big fat redwood that's staring everybody in the face right now is blowout losses far too many times this team is getting blown out so clearly something isn't working now how do you address address this problem how do you attack this problem if i knew the complete answer to that i'd probably be coaching in the nba obviously you know i'm not doing that so i i couldn't i'm not here to give you all the answers but to me there's two kind of routes to this issue one you either do a better job mike brown and the coaching staff of getting more and getting the most out of the players that you'd have, or you turn to the front office and you say, I don't have the guys capable of doing what we need to do to be successful. And I don't know, I mean, Mike is never, ever going to publicly say that that's the issue with this team. The closest he came was after the Boston game where he talked about, yeah, that team has length and athleticism that we don't have, so we can't play the way that they do on defense. That's the closest he's going to come. And he made it very clear. It's not me saying my team's terrible or my team's not good enough and, and, and I'm not going to win with this group uh, or I'm not going to play better defense with this group. It's that he was saying, look, we have to try and play a different way because of the personnel that we have. So I don't, I don't need Mike in front of a camera to tell me that personnel is the issue. Some of us are pretty easy, able to uh, see that pretty clearly with our own eyes, right? Maybe Mike is saying that to Monty McNair behind closed doors. Maybe he doesn't have to. Maybe Monty and Wes and the rest of that front office are watching and seeing it for themselves and know what they have to do at this trade deadline or at the very least this upcoming offseason, right? But Mike is still responsible for the group that he has right now. 
and maximizing what they're doing. And the reality is that even in the short term, if what you're trying to do, if these cha changes you're trying to implement that your personnel is just not capable of Im implementing, if it's not working, try and go back to your strengths a little bit. Now, the Kings tried to beat the Trailblazers in a shootout tonight. They were ice cold, uh, and they were trying to run with the Blazers, and they got beat that way. So I'm not saying that the Kings going back to just an offensive focus and trying to be like Mike D'Antoni's Rockets is going to be a way for this team to overall be successful. In fact, Mike says they're not going to be. No one cares about being a great offensive team in a first or second round playoff exit every single year. So I understand his point there. But if you're continuing to sacrifice strengths to try and improve your weaknesses, but even though you're a winning basketball team, every time you're losing, you're getting your, your ass kicked, something's got to change. Something's got to give. Maybe you reinvest a little bit into those strengths and, and sacrifice some of those weaknesses again. I don't know. But at this point, the Kings need to get the best out of guys or get rid of some guys. And I think a perfect example of that to some extent, sorry if he's being made the scapegoat in, in a lot of ways or being made an example of, but I think it's Davion Mitchell. Another Kings blowout where Mike Brown did not go to Davion Mitchell. Davion is out of the rotation, out, out of the rotation. Davion, I think, is all but gone from this Kings team sooner rather than later. At one point in time, at some point in time, I think Davion's time here in Sacramento is done, or at least as of right now, all signs point to that. He's not getting what he needs out of Davion Mitchell for this Kings team to be successful. And Davion is theoretically one of the best on-ball defenders on this team. Two of the arguably best on-ball defenders, Kessler Edwards and Davion Mitchell, are not playing for a defensive-minded head coach in, in Mike Brown. That's because he's not clearly seeing enough from them to get what he wants for this team to be successful. I mean, I know you only have so deep of a roster and you can't chop half of them off and throw them all in the doghouse while you, you play six or seven guys 40 minutes a night. But Mike's got something's got to change because these blowout losses are really bad, despite the fact that the Kings offensive or the Kings are still winning basketball games. They're still five games above 500. And I know I was telling you after the most recent Kings win to, to, uh, or, or loss to pump the brakes on panicking after losses. I'm not panicking tonight. I'm just recognizing and seeing a consistent problem. And when effort was at the root of that problem more than just missing shots or a bad night and effort seems to have been the problem more often than not, that's when I get concerned. Well, the Kings have plenty of chances to, to make up for it, right? They still have two more games as part of this short road trip, playing a lot of teams that are at or under 500. You have the Atlanta Hawks and Memphis Grizzlies up next to finish this road trip. Now, the Memphis Grizzlies are 4-0 since John Morant came back. They're playing a lot better basketball, and Trey Young has been playing unbelievable right now for Atlanta. Then the Kings return home for games against the Hornets, Magic, Raptors, and then the New Orleans Pelicans are back. And we know how bad the Pelicans have been for the Sacramento Kings so far this season. Good tests coming up, good winnable games. I expect the Kings to look significantly better next time we see them in Atlanta. But the blowout losses keep piling up, man. And those lack of energy blowout losses are unacceptable. The leadership needs to be better. I'm looking at Fox, and I'm looking at Sabonis more than anybody. I'm looking at this entire team, and I'm looking at the coaching staff. Something's got to change because they keep losing badly the same way. Something's got to change or somebody's going to have to speak up. And hopefully those conversations are being had on the team bus or team plane or behind closed doors right now tonight.
hopefully we're in a better mood in the next episode of the Locked On Kings podcast. I do hope you had a very Merry Christmas, uh, uh, and I hope you uh, you have, of course, a great New Year here. We have more podcasts coming in between now and then, more Kings games coming. They're off for the next two days for them to kind of figure things out and get right, but that doesn't mean Locked On Kings is off. We're going to try and feel a little bit better. The next episode of Locked On Kings, I plan on doing a best Kings moments of 2023. Overall, this has been a fantastic year for Sacramento, even though the night after Christmas has been a bit sour. But look forward to that Kings content. We'll turn that around, hopefully be in a better mood next time. I hope you will join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. You've been listening to Locked On Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.